Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Thank you all for being here today. Isn't that awesome? Thank you for joining us as you uh, as we go through this. Got your Bible with you? Let's put that Bible towards heaven and say, this is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have. I can go where my Bible said I can go. And I'm everything my Bible says I am. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I'm better because of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in that authority of the name of Jesus, I thank you that your word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word is life. Your word is, is hope. Your word is an anchor. Your word is the substance by which faith enters our heart. And it is always now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your word is now. Your word is the seed. The seed is the word. So we receive the word. And Holy Spirit, thank you for administering and teaching and allow and ministering to me so I may minister to these your people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, listen, we had a good service. Good welcome. Thank you all for being here. Let's go to the book of Exodus. I'm going to open up here. This is what I did this morning. The Spirit of the Lord told me to go here in this morning service, and I wanted to come over uh, over here to, to to you with this. And uh, uh, I want to open up in this service something I didn't do in the other service. I want to open up with something that occurred. I was preaching on a Wednesday night service here. We had Wednesday nights. We were conducting a service here. And this happened to me twice while I was here. Uh, a man who lives in Atlanta, minister of the gospel, uh, a pastor of a church who has a prophetic mantle. If you were here, you may recall that uh, I received, uh, I, I very rarely ever turn my phone on or have it on. Uh, and so it was on and I received a text message from him. And uh, he says, are you in service, gentlemen? And I got my text and I read this and he began to prophesy to us and minister to us. And, and uh, while I was sitting here, the Lord said, share that with you right now. We're living in, in moments right now where we make warfare after the prophecies that have gone on before us. Where you and I have got to remember the things that God spoke to us. Whether you want to consider that with a yay, yay, amen kind of a thing, or whether you got it through the word, through the preaching, or whether you got it on your own, and you were studying, and it came to you, and you know that was a sure word. you got to hold on to the word and stay steadfast and, and fight the good fight of faith, no matter what's going on. But he said, uh, he said this, I'm, I'm directing uh, this to, to Joanne and to you as well as your congregation. He said, and, uh, and witness the fulfillment of the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit is manifesting himself in a powerful way in these hours. Now listen, church, that means to you and me. So whatever you're going through in this church, in this service, at this time, for those of you that are watching right now, let me say this to you. God, is, God has promised and is fulfilling the word, of the, the word of the Lord to you, and the Holy Spirit is expanding your comprehension of it so that He may minister the manifestation of God's power to you. In Jesus' name. So there's revelation coming. Things that have been held back from you are, have been released. you got to receive that. In Jesus' name. you got to know that. 
And he said, Pastor Art and your wife, uh, the Spirit of the Lord came to me in prayer at this time. Now watch this. This is for the church. Now are you ready? This is for heritage. This is for us personally. Get ready for an explosion of blessings. It's going to push you up and out and further than you've been before. And it said, your ministry and your congregation will experience what you've been praying for rushing at you and remove years so you don't have to wait. Man, that's powerful. Listen, I'm going to say that again. So there's years that, that God's going to remove those and the manifestation is going to come. Now, I, I, I received that in my spirit, man, when he was talking about this. I'm in the middle of a service. He's talking to me from Atlanta. Calling me in the middle of a service. And I answered it. And he's prophesying to me. So I'm saying to you right now, there are things opening up to you right now. See, it, 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 it's, it uh, is so beneficial that you associate with spiritual people who are in the spirit and the Lord can talk to them and speak to them in their prayer time a thousand, thousands of miles away and speak to somebody else and speak to heritage. So I'm going to say it again. Explosive blessings are coming on you, Heritage, are coming on you, pushing you up and pushing you out further than you've ever been before. You and your congregation and what you've been praying for, church. Heritage, listen men, listen women, listen families, what we've been praying for, years are going to be cut off of that. Years. So what all this shutdown was in this year, forget it. It's coming. The manifestation is coming. It couldn't stop the delivery of God's promises. Now watch this. The wealth of the ungodly has been laid up for the godly. And so you need to prepare yourself and get ready. There's going to be a divine transfer of supernatural resources as you obey. Catch that part. As you obey. Whatever it is God tells you to do, there's a delivery coming. There's a delivery coming your way. You've got to understand that. And so there's a delivery coming. And that transfer. Now what? It's coming into your house, your household, to your congregation. But you must believe it and you must receive it. This is the instruction. There's the connection. You've got to believe it and you've got to receive it. So here's the question. How many of you believe and receive that God has, has already blessed you? And there may have been things that have hindered and challenged. However... Your breakthrough is not something you believe for. It's something you receive. you got to receive that in the name of Jesus. You, got, you must receive that. Now, watch this. You're going to see it. This is, this is the Spirit of the living God speaking to you. Right now in your service, tell them. Tell them to believe me. Tell them to receive from me. Tell them to shout unto me because it belongs to them. Because it belongs to them. It belongs to you. You have a right to be well. You have a right to be blessed. You have a right to be happy. You have a right to be joyful. You have a right in Jesus' name. You have a right to increase. All the way from Atlanta in the middle of a service. Amen. And then, then he called back. And he said, I know what you're teaching. I was. I was teaching on healing. And that's he said, Art... He said, Pastor Art, you're teaching on healing tonight. And I want you to know the healer is present. So I'm telling you right now, the healer is present. 
whatever you might need, whatever you might need watching us right now, Jesus, the healer, the one who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, or where the chastisement of our peace was on him, and by the stripes we are healed. I say your neck is healed, your back is healed, your bones are healed. No arthritic diseases in your bones. No, in Jesus' name. I declare and decree there will be no, no intestinal tract infection, no cancer cells, no leukemia. There will be no bursitis or arthritis, no loss of eyesight, no loss of hearing. Jesus, the majestic one, Jesus, the Savior, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus, your healer, is in the house today. He said, Glory be to God. I said, yes, sir, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I received that. And he said, you pray and, and understand the seasons that are right now upon you. That, you're, that, that what you're going against will suddenly change and it'll be for you. He said, you're going to run into moments. This is interesting back then because this, this happened at the beginning of this year. No, no, the end of last year it happened because I have the date on it. And, and he said, now this is what he said. He said, God cannot shut your mask, cut you down, your voice, like a putting a mask on you. Tell me that wasn't speaking in inaccuracy. So even though you got a mask on right now, and even though you may be at home right now, it shouldn't stop your shout of praise. We should be able to speak it out and declare it. Because you've honored God, He's putting you in a position that you could never have obtained on your own. God's putting you in positions you could not have obtained anywhere on your own. Now watch it. It's not about education. It's not about talent. It's not even about pedigree you came from. It's about the hand of God elevating you to a new level of destiny. The hand of God is on your life. So never apologize for the blessing. Never apologize that you're blessed. Apply your faithfulness and your congregation and you shall experience overflow. Amen. Glory be to God. Well, I don't know about you, but this takes time. We ought to just shout about it and say amen and amen. Praise God. Call you well, healthy and strong in the name of Jesus. The blessings of the Lord are on your life. Glory be to God. Amen. We ought to pray in tongues about that. Come on. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Those of you watching this live stream, listen, uh, Facebook, if you pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit with us. Come on. While all of us are in here praying in the Holy Ghost, let's pray in tongues. Come on. Something powerful happens when we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Now, this morning I was, uh, I was studying, and in my studying time of this morning, uh, I was sitting here while the praise and worship was going on, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, go over here to Genesis, so, I mean Exodus, so that's where I want you to go today. We're going to go to Exodus. And uh, so uh, some of the notes are, may show up on the screen, but this won't because this was uh, where we're at. But I wanted to reiterate it today. And uh, Exodus, if you will, chapter 1. And uh, we are living in moments of what the, 
the greatest uh, opportunity to allow the outpouring of the Spirit of God on our life to manifest. This world, this earth is in pain, travail. And what it's looking for is the manifestation of the sons of God. The manifestations of those who uh, walk in light. Who those who are unashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who understand I've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And I understand that the greater one lives on the inside of me. I understand I'm not, I'm not normal. I'm extraordinary. God is a great God. And since he's greatly to be praised, God only creates one way. Great. So I can only go from that scripture and take this away. Since God creates great, you must be great. Not normal. Not okay. You are supernaturally great. You're extraordinary. You're supernatural. You're not natural. Everything about your DNA spells God. Everything about who you are represents the Most High God. You are of God, little children. And you've overcome. Why? Because greater, greater, much greater is He that's in you than he that is in this world. May I remind you, when the three Hebrew children were put into the fiery furnace, may I remind you of that story. God didn't even deal with the fire. God put no fire out. God didn't deal with it. There wasn't a wind that came and blew the fire out. Burnt started seven times. Hotter. Go hotter. Go hotter. Go hotter. And they yet the world said, throw them in. Throw them in. Throw them in. Get it hotter. And when they did, God didn't mess with the fire. God didn't mess with the furnace. What God did was stepped in in the middle of it. And God said, I'm greater than the fire. I'm greater than the furnace. I'm the greatest thing you've got. God is great. God is awesome. God loves you so much. He'll step into the fire with you and protect you so you don't even smell a smoke and there's no flame on you whatsoever. Church of the living God. Heritage. You are blessed. Heritage. You're protected. Heritage. You're safe in God. Now, excuse me a moment. Ah! A little personal rapture. <laughs> ah, amen. Praise God. All right, now, Exodus, Exodus. Now, Exodus chapter 1, we're going to jump down over here to verse 7. Well, and actually, look at verse 6. And <laughs> look at this for just a moment. Now, and uh, Joseph, start, this verse starts out, Joseph died. And then it said, and his brethren. And that generation, Joseph, his brothers, brethren, and not, not his natural brothers, because we know that they came later on. We, you know, we realize this over here. And, and so, and Joseph died, his brethren, and the generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied. Now, notice that Joseph died, brethren died, congregation died. So the blessing was on Joseph, and Joseph brought a tremendous amount of favor on his life. And then his brethren got a hold of that, and then the generation after they were deceased, they walked in it, and they lived in the favor, the blessing of this. Now, catch this very important. 
And watch he said, and the children of Israel were fruitful. And the children of Israel were fruitful because of Joseph, because of the brethren, and because of that generation. They were fruitful. And the Bible said, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceedingly mightily, and the land was filled with them. I like that. It was filled with them. That's a powerful statement. So the land thereabouts was filled, but it was filled not just with them, but notice what it was filled with. It was filled with people that were fruitful. It was filled with people that were increasing abundantly. It was filled with people that were multiplied. And they were getting stronger and stronger and mighty and mighty. And the land was filled with them. So the land was populated with increase because of the people. Because of the individuals that were there. The increase that was on their life. It caused an increase into the land. Now watch this. Now there arose a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. A new king came on the scene. He never knew Joseph. Joseph had now deceased. His brethren were deceased, as well as the generation. But a new king came on the scene, and here's what he said. I don't know anything about Joseph. I don't know anything about the brethren. I don't know anything about their generation. Here's what I do know. I'm the new king. There's a new sheriff in town, and I don't like him. And he said unto his people, not, now watch this, look at the separation. He didn't say to the children of Israel that were increasing, that were multiplying. He said to his people, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we are. Now catch this. Anytime Satan views you, he views you as mightier. Your enemy will view you because he sees you mightier than you, than you may even think of yourself. The challenge with a lot of believers isn't that the devil's so big and strong. He's not. It's not that he's, got, he's more powerful. He is not. What he's got is a strategy to weaken you by telling you, no, that's not your rights. No, you're not that saved. No, you're not healed. No, you're not delivered. No, God has given you that problem to teach you something. I'll just get you to question who your God is. And I'll weaken you that way. I'll remove your increase. I'll take away your strength. I'll take away your abundance. And all I got to do is just sell you a bit of goods. It's like handing you a $4 bill. And you're trying to spend it. If you don't know who you are, you buy into the lie. You'll, you'll, I was sharing earlier. I had, a, I had a cousin of ours, precious lady. And, and, and uh, uh, young, she was young at the time, 14, 15 years old. And there was a knock on her door. I'm not talking back in the, in the 60s now. And there was a knock on the door. Her, her, her parents were gone. They were at work. And, and uh, she was the only one home at the time. They knocked at the door. And, and then when uh, the gentleman stood there. And with all authority, with all confidence, and with all seemingly the right information, said, we're here in the, in the area. And what we're doing is we're finding out why there's so many electrical shortages here. And we've linked it to your house. Can we check your appliances? So she said, yes, they came into her house. They started to check the appliances. She said, the toaster's faulty, so we need to take that with us to fix the wiring. And she said, the TV's faulty, so they took the TV. And then she started helping them carry everything to the vehicle. 
she was helping them load all of the electrical stuff into the car because he was an electrician, he said, from the company. So she loaded all this stuff in. When the parents got home and said, where's all our items? She said, well, the electricity, the, the electricity company came and they sent out somebody and they loaded it up, said our, the, neighbor was, the neighbors in the area were going through shortages and it was all linked to our appliances, so they're going to fix and bring it back. And they said, we just got robbed. And you opened the door and let them in. She goes, but he told me he was from the electric company. He told me that he, that, that he represented the electric company and that he said that it sounded like it was true. She didn't catch on and she helped, even helped carry the stuff out and put him in the car. Never got a receipt, never got anything else and so all the stuff is now gone. This, this, is, this is in our family line. This happened. It only happened once in our family line, never happened again. And I know we look at it and go, who would do such a thing? A lot of Christians who watch programs that rob them of who they are. A lot of individuals who listen to carnal-minded, backbiting, gossiping individuals who will tell them, you're not worth that. You made a mistake. You're, you can't do that anymore. Look how far you went. Look what you did. And they'll rob you of who you are. My God doesn't live in your past. My God doesn't look at your past. My God has erased your mistakes and thrown them as far as east is from the west, including with your sin. God does not judge you based on where you were. He, he looks at you based on where you're going. Amen. So don't let somebody come in with seemingly authority and say, I need to take this from you. And this is what happened. The Bible said, listen, here's what we'll do to rip off the children of Israel. We'll put taskmasters to them. I guarantee you they didn't call them taskmasters at the time. I guarantee you they didn't call them that. But this is what he said, I'm the new king. I'm going to set up new uh, uh, Supreme Court justice. I'm going to set up brand new Congress and Senate. I'm going to set up brand new lawyers. I'm going to set up brand new uh, 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 mayors and governors. And they'll rule over you. They'll become your taskmaster. And they will, and what we'll do with them is we'll tell them this is what you have to do. And they're ruling and trying to reign over our lives today. That's how they're coming in today. Coming in and they're blaring it on your television. You got to do this. Hey, listen, if you don't do this, you're going to die. Listen, Jesus is our healer. He's our miracle worker. Jesus is our miracle worker. So he said in here, and he said unto the people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Can you imagine that confession? Can you imagine when people come to you and they look at you as mighty? They don't Listen, wherever you work right now, they don't know how powerful you are. They don't know that the life of God is on the inside of you. They don't know that you're from another world. They don't understand that you're born. It's not an aura. It's the anointing. It's not that you're so brilliant. you got the mind of Christ. You walk in and they don't know what to do with you. They, you make them nervous and it's the authority of God inside of you. They don't know how to deal with this. Amen. They say, you're arrogant. No, we're not. We're just bold. Not arrogant. I'm bold. I just happen to know who I am. Can't ask me, uh, is your last name Aragon? I don't know. I might be. Last time I checked it was, No. I know, I'm, my name is Aragon. Amen. Amen. 
Well, are you a Christian? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? The preaching of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And I've been saved by the preaching of the gospel. And that gospel has redeemed me. That gospel has changed me. Not a man's opinion, not a philosophy, not a theory, not a theological subject. Jesus Christ saved me. Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, and he did it for me and he did it for you. All you need to do is shout about that and get excited. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm delivered. Ah, Verse 10. Don't let that word wisely in this verse confuse you. Come on, let us deal wickedly with them. Least they multiply and come to pass that when, they, uh, when there falleth out any war, they would join their enemies and fight against us and so uh, get them out of the land. So they, they set over their taskmasters, watch this, to afflict them with burdens. That doesn't mean sickness and disease. That means stress. To afflict you with stress. Everything coming across the media today is trying to afflict you with stress. That's all it's trying to do. Stress you out. Stress you out. Hey, you can go out and eat. No, you can't go out and eat. You can go to the barber. You can't go out to the barber. You get your hair colored. You can't get your hair colored. You get your nails done. You can't get your nails done. They, they don't know. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. It's going to end. It's not going to end. You're going to die. You're not going to die. They don't know. These are the experts that don't know. Here's what you can't do. You can't argue with truth. Jesus said, I'm the way and I'm the truth and I'm the life. So if Jesus is the way, then he's the way maker. If Jesus is the truth, he's not telling you the truth. He is the truth. So ladies and gentlemen, truth is just not words. Truth is a person and the person of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what truth is, look how Jesus was. Jesus was able to touch the leper and not concerned about getting leprosy because he cared about a man who was diseased, who was hurting, who didn't have a family, and he got isolated. God didn't care about the disease. Jesus walked up, did two things, looked at him, and then he spoke to him, be thou clean, and then did something nobody else did, touched him. You weren't supposed to do that in those days. However, don't tell Jesus not to touch people. Jesus loves people, and He's touching people today. He's doing it right now while you're sitting here. His word is true and it's yes and amen. Now watch this. Verse 22. The more they... I like this. Are you ready? I, I like this. Are you going to be my, my, my cheerleaders today? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay, okay. I'll go over here and read it to you. I wish I had two tambourines to give you. So you could, yeah, so. Watch, watch this. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied. Yes. Yes. No, no, come on, come on. Yes. Yeah, come on. Okay, now, the more they pressured them, the more they said, oh, we're not having any of that. The blessing's already on us. Okay, here, listen, listen close. When the taskmaster came, they were already blessed. They were already multiplying. They were already increasing. When the challenge comes to your doorstep, you're already blessed. You're already, you're already increased. You're already healthy. You're already prosperous. Everything God said you are, you are already. So if you don't like the package being sent, that's not my package. Get rid of it. Anybody ever receive a package that goes to the neighbor's house? 
that your address? Yeah. Well, then send it back. It's not mine. If you get mail and it's not your mail, throw it away. Just dump it. Don't send me mail that tells me that I'm sick and diseased. You ever, you ever notice all this stuff? Hey, you take this little pill and it'll help you. And then they announce real quick all the 25 things that'll kill you. And the person's smiling the whole time they're doing it. And they're cycling and running and, and barbecuing and swimming and dancing and doing Pilates and all kinds of other stuff. And, and, but they're telling them 20 ways they're going to die. Take this. They don't tell you the other people that died. They don't show them. They don't show you them. They show you the, the one person that you think you're going to be like. This works. This is the gospel. Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your supplier. Jesus works. If it's not in this book, my God, don't believe it. If it's not in here, this works. The word of God. Ah. They multiplied. Guess what else they did? They grew. They grew. And they, watch this. The people, watch this. And then they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Listen, you'll torment your enemies. You will torment your enemies wherever you're at if you just stay blessed. Smile at them. Just smile at them. Don't go, don't go key their car. Don't go key and put on their, don't touch the anointed, scratch up their car. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Just be anointed. Turn around and tell somebody, just, just walk in your anointing. Oh, I'll say a little stronger than that. Yeah. So, and the, watch this. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Now watch that word, to serve. If you, now listen, the world is so busy trying to get you stressed that you'll serve it so you wear out and can't serve God. Wear you out so you can't serve God. Listen, people couldn't wait. And people kept saying, we hear people say, I can't wait till they open up the theaters so we go to the movies. I can't wait till they open the restaurants so I go inside. Whoever thought that we would, we would be so excited, eyes lit up and so smiles on our faces when they said, in-house dining. <laughs> Are you with me? They said, well, this is the new norm. Ladies and gentlemen, the new norm to the world is not our norm. Please don't buy into what they're selling when they said, we're in this together. Oh, well, no, no, no. I say, nay, 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 nay. No, why? Because when I got born again, I moved away from the world's normality. The world's normality is fear. The world's normality is suicide, chaotic. That's the world. Look at the world today. It's still chaotic. I was not part of that norm. When I got born again, I was yanked out of it. And I was made supernatural. I was, in, no, I was removed from what was natural into supernatural living. I was taken away from ordinary to extraordinary. I was made by the nature of Almighty God. Got the DNA of God in me. So do you. You got the DNA of God running through you. Amen. So rise above. Rise above it. See what God's telling you to do Amen. in the middle of all this stuff. They're telling you that's the new norm. You know, we, you know uh, we've got to accept this. We're all in this together. The way they're in it is not the way we're in it. Right. 
The way we're in it is this way. Father, I thank you that today is the day you made. And I'm rejoicing in it and I'm glad in it. I'm thanking you that you've never, you said the righteous would never be forsaken. I'm the righteous of God. I'm not going to be forsaken. And I give you honor and I give you glory for it. Father, you said I would never beg bread. Therefore, I have a lifetime supply coming into my life. Father, in Jesus' name, you said that, that according to the scripture, that you yourself took all sickness and all disease away on the cross. You nailed it there, including coronavirus and any other virus. So therefore, I say... No virus will come nigh my home. No virus will live in my respiratory system. I will live and not die in the name of Jesus. That is not how the world's doing it. That's not how the world's doing it. The world is on there. We might die. You're going to die. Did you see them? They did not wear a mask. How come a bunch of angry protesters can gather and we can't gather a church only 10 of you get together because that's their norm that's them handling it their way that's not us handling it our way I remember John G. Lake John G. Lake was the only man there in Africa during that, during that time for the bubonic plague the only man there that was there was walking around the, the, the sick, the dying, and the dead. And John G. Lake was helping out, and the, the ships came in. The medical ships came in. The doctors came on shore to see what they could do to help. And they looked at, at here at John G. Lake, minister of the gospel, powerful man of God. And they look at him and go, why aren't you sick? With boldness. He said, because of the authority of Jesus. They didn't understand that. And so they had their little microscope and the little dishes that they have, and, and they checked out. He, he went over and he goes, you see that person with foam coming out of their mouth? Take the foam, put it under the microscope, see what you see. They said, the plague, it's it there. It's alive, the germs are there. The same man, the same foam coming out of his mouth, John G. Lake picked it up with his hand, took it out of his lips, pulled it off his face, held it in his hands, and then he said, test that one. And they did, they said, all the, all the plague is dead. He goes, of course it is. Death can't live where life is. Amen. Death can't live. See, but see, he lived in an authority. Amen. He knew his God. He didn't know where his church was. He knew his God. Amen. There's a difference. He didn't have a favorite seat. He had a great God. Amen. He wasn't concerned about air conditioning and heating. He wasn't concerned. He loved people to such an extreme. That he cared so much, he stepped out in the middle of sickness and disease because there was humanity hurting. And as a man of God, he could not let humanity hurt. So he came on the scene and dealt the death blow to sickness and disease. God didn't bless you so that you're blessed to stay home. God blessed you so that you would serve him. Moses came on the scene and said, let my people go that they might serve me. Let him go that they might serve me. The only reason you're born again is to serve him. 
That's the only reason you're born again. The only reason God heals you is so that you can serve Him. The only reason God has blessed you and your children is to bless Him and serve Him. The only reason right now you got hands, you can lift them up, you can shout, you can dance, you can do what you need, is to serve Him. The reason God gives you your job you have is so that you can serve Him. The reason God promotes you and gives you bonuses is to serve Him. The reason that God has given you hearing ears and seeing eyes and has given you lips to speak and a mouth to voice. The only reason God did that is so that you might serve him. That's the reason. Let my people go that they might serve me. Not serve the taskmaster, serve me. If you're free, ladies and gentlemen, then be free. And the way you show it is serve the living God. Serve him with your lips. Serve him with your praise. Serve him with your actions. Find somebody hurting and help them. Serve the living God. Go outside of yourself and say to yourself, God, here am I. Send me to where I need to go. This is what I go to. John 10, if you will. Now we'll go to the first scripture that I have out of all the others. John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Ah, we'll close with this, I guess. Praise God, Loopy. Are you good to be blessed? Amen. Hallelujah, Jose. <laughs> Amen. That's the way it should be. Praise God. Salute to Joel. How you doing, man of God? Good to see you. Love you, man. Praise God for it. Watch this, John 10, verse 9 and 10. Watch this verse. Ah, oh, this is awesome. Ah. Man, I wish we had a third service. I'd stay if you stay. But anyway, John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. I, Jesus speaking, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Now remember, Jesus hadn't died yet, so we'll come back to that. And shall go in and out and find pasture. And find pasture, watch this. And the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. Please do not read that or hear that or look upon that as so casual like you know that. It might even be underlined or highlighted in your, in your device. Please look at that verse. This is Jesus. I am come that you might have life. Amen. Not that you live. That you might have life. A life. The life. His life. Fullness of life, the God kind of life with the God kind of faith, surrounded by the God kind of love, experiencing the God kind of grace. Amen. Experiencing the mercy of God. Angels all around you. Amen. Goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. Amen. With the master physician living in your household. With the supreme banker living in your house, supplying all your need. Backed by the courts of almighty heaven. Amen. And God has severely judged you righteous. Amen. The gavel has come down. You're healed. The gavel has come down. You're blessed. The gavel has come down. You have the mind of Christ. Amen. Jesus said this. I am the door. 
If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not before to steal, kill, destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Man, that's, it's such a powerful statement. But he said this, he goes, he's the door. The door is the shepherd. The door is the shepherd. And the door indicates something that's narrow. It's a narrow, it's not a wide door. I was telling the earlier service, you can't have a six-lane a six highway and you think you could drive on all six lanes. You can't just swerve back and forth. You got to pick a lane. Amen. I was driving behind somebody and I was with another, uh, I was picking up a guest speaker and then we were in the car. It was actually a man by the name of Buddy Harrison. And he was coming to speak for us back in the 80s. And we're driving on the, uh, on the freeway. And there was a, a person that was swerving, going into one lane, going in the other lane, swerving all over. I had to slow down because I didn't know where they were going to go. And he just put his hands out. He says, Father, give that person a revelation of where they're supposed to go. Just reveal to them how to work that car. Amen. I thought, I thought it was humorous. He goes, no, they need a revelation. They don't, they're on the highway, but they don't know. They can't stay do this. You can't. You can't do that. You can't go this way into the world and then come back this way into the Word. You, you can't play that way. You, you, you got to stay in the straight and narrow. People don't like that, but you got to be straight and narrow. You got to be consistent. It's called a righteous resolve. So not, we always say, no fear here. How about this? No sin here. No adultery here. No fornication here. No alcohol here. No drugs here. No pornography here. No pedophile here. How about no thievery here? I'm a tither and a giver. I'm a worshiper. How about this? No casual living here. On fire for Almighty God. Amen. Jesus allowed, he became what was called the, the doorway, the pen. And by that, you go in. Once you're in, stay in. Don't be like those people that come in and then go out. Trying to find your own pasture. I like it here sometimes and over here I don't. Don't do that. I was looking at this picture of this dog and it was caught underneath the fence. And the people had to help it on one side and the other side. It tried to get under it. It was stuck. It was, it was just yelping. It was in pain. It tried to fit. It was too big. A smaller dog went under. He chased the other dog. He couldn't get, and he was too big. He didn't realize he was too big. I had a dog like that. A dog, he was not too sharp. I don't know what kind of dog he was, but, you know, they told me he was a German shepherd. That was a lie. It was a little small little thing. I bought into that one, too. So it did happen twice in my family. And so... We had this dog, and that dog would run around, and it would try to get away from me. And so it got in trouble one day because that dog was unusually trained. If you let him out, he, pl he played, and he thought when you let him in, that was the time to use the restroom. He was confused. But he came in, and I was trying to get him to, to discipline him so that he would not do that in the house. He ran. When he was a puppy, he could run underneath the couch. Until one day, he didn't realize how big he got. So he went, and he went to go underneath that couch, hit his head, stood up, and just shook it, and then fell over, and knocked himself out. Just knocked himself out. And I looked at him, I go, you know, what was he thinking? He ran straight for it. Straight for that. Straight for it. My sister, one time, uh, she took that dog, and uh, I was asleep on the couch, and he brought the, kid, the dog, and the dog came over, waking me up. 
The dog knew, even the dog knew better than this. The dog was looking at it, whining. And I, it was whining, it was scratching me. I opened my eyes to see this dog with lipstick, with its hair and curlers, earrings on, jewelry, my mother's jewelry on it. Had, they had makeup on the cheek like this. They put fake eyelashes on it. They painted this dark, dark black and all this. And the dog's looking at me like, help me, please, help me. And my sister and my, and my niece came and picked the dog up. And the dog's just staring, almost like saying, please, don't let them do this to me. Please don't let them do it. It's amazing what, what, how, how we treat these, these wonderful animals, even though they'll knock themselves out. You just got to deal with it. The narrowness. You got to understand, you don't fit everywhere. You don't fit everywhere. And you don't let the world dress you. You don't let the world dress you. You listen. You've got the armor of God. You have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of rights. Don't ever take it off. Don't go through a mechanism and say, I put it on the helmet, I put it on. No, no, don't ever take it off. Don't ever take it off. When I go home, I'll take the suit off. What I will not take off is the armor of God. I wear it consistently all the time. This armor stays on. Don't ever let anybody tell you to take it off. Now listen, this is important. He said, you come in and he goes, and you'll be saved. Let me tell you what that means, if I may. Number one, that word saved means this. It means it'll keep you safe. Keep you safe. Telling your congregation, we had a young lady in our church, some of you may, that were here may remember, her name was Barbara Marshall. She used to play her keyboard many years ago. And Barbara Marshall took all her grandchildren to the park. And while she was at the park playing with her grandchildren, she had five of them with her. She had many more than that, but she had five with her at the time. And she was at this park. And while she was at the, the park, two gangs met at that park. They came from different sides. And they had their weapons drawn. And they began to shoot at each other. They meant to kill each other. She's in the center. She gets her five grandchildren together. She puts them all together. She puts her arms around them the best she could. And all she knew to do to do at that moment was say, Psalm 91. Psalm 91. That's all she could say. Psalm 91. Guns. You could hear the pistols going off. The guns were being blaring. And she, she covered them down. She closed her eyes just yelling, Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Over her, over her grandchildren, over herself. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Do you know what that is? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. He's my God. It's in Him that I will trust. Amen. Surely He shall deliver me from the fowler and from the, and from the stir of the fowler and from the noise of pestilence. Amen. 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 Psalm 91. The gun stops. The firing stops. She opens her eyes. There's bullets all the way around them. All these bullets that came and fell. They're all there. They, they could have killed them, but they were circled. Guns on the park, and the guys are running. Only one man they only one man she heard, only one out of, the young, out of the young men they were running. Only one she heard yelling this. Who were those big guys? Who were those big guys? Ladies and gentlemen, angels came in response to a woman yelling, Psalm 91! Psalm 91, Psalm 91, God can interpret your voice of faith when you cry out. And he, the angels interpreted that whole Psalm 91. She's dwelling in the secret place. Protect her. According to Hebrews chapter 1, there are angels that are there to protect us and serve us because we're heirs of salvation. 
Psalm 91, if that's all you've got to do, yell it out. If that's all you've got, God can interpret that. God can interpret the authority in it, the faith in it, the trust in it. God can do this. He is the shepherd. He will safely keep you. Also, He's your healer. He'll step into the hospital room and be the master physician. He'll reach in and grab and take care of that. I remember that one woman, she had over 30 uh, uh, growths in her body. I was at a church service, and, I was, and it was a, maybe about 40 people in the church service. I went and sat in the back, and I had preached on healing that night. And I went and sat towards the back, and the praise and worship was still going on in that church. And the praise and worship leader herself was, was involved in the praise. And I, and I was sitting in the back. The Lord said, go sit in the back. I sat all the back by, by myself. I was still up in front. I sat there, and I could feel something go by me. And as I did, I saw an angel walk down the aisle. The angel walked up to the music leader, director, and she stopped. She put her mic down, and she just started worshiping. She started sort of almost like rolling a little bit, just her body, she was, and she was caught up. And the angel turned around and looked at me, didn't say anything to me, and he put his hands in her body. And I could see that, and I saw growths dissolving, squeezing them, destroying them. And she fell out on the floor. Joanne will tell you she was up in the front. She literally came off the floor and stayed in the midair for almost two to three minutes in midair. And her body was radically shaking. Then she was gently laid on the floor. After the service, I was watching that. The angel came back by and just looked at me. Never said a word to me. And then I went up and then I found out that she was going on Monday for surgery because they were going to do operation on her, and they were going to have to remove over the 30, almost 30 growths and do a full hysterectomy on her. They were all in her female organs and up in her abdomen area. They were going to remove all that. She went to the doctor, and I said, I told her, was if you're going, have them check you out again. So they did. Before they did the surgery, they said, there's no growths left in your body. They're all gone. They all dissolved. That one left. They did x-ray after x-ray. They kept her in the hospital, and they did three tests on her. Could not find one growth. I didn't get the phone call until Wednesday. Everything gone. But see, here's the thing. I'm telling you that. I didn't do anything except preach. And she received. And then an angel came and visited her. Walked by me. Let me know he was there. But I didn't have anything to do with that. I didn't summon an angel. She did in her worship. Before surgery, where was she? In church, in worship. Caught up in worship. And the angel came down the aisle. Glory be to God. And that angel came down and did that. Power of God. Bless your life. Not one growth left in her body. We had an usher that had a growth in his body. And, and when, he had that growth in, when he had that growth in his body, they, the, usher, the other ushers told me he has a growth in his body. And he said, and it's about the size, looks like the size of a softball sticking out of his, his, his shirt. You know, the lump there. So I came and I said, okay, you're off duty. Come sit in the front row. Told the people in the front row, get up and, and go sit towards the back. Let him sit up front with his wife. So they did. Put him up front. And then I looked at him and I said, in Jesus' name. Now, we started a service at 1030 at that time. I said, at 1115, Jesus is going to come down this aisle and heal you. So now I put myself on the line. I went back to my seat and I thought, what did I just say? Jesus coming down the aisle, and Jesus is going to heal him at 11.15. I told the whole church. I told him. So I said, keep singing. Keep worshiping. So we did. How many of you were at that service when that happened? See, there's people that were here. They remember. 
And so, I walk, and I'm sitting there, nobody knows, I, I'm, I'm like nervous now. I just made a, put myself online. 11.15, Jesus coming down that aisle. So at 11.12, I got from where my seating was, I, wa- I started walking that way, and I saw it from the back door, Jesus walk in, and he came right up to him, looked at me, didn't say one word to me, put his hands in his body, took that thing and squeezed it, and it shrunk right in front of us. He walked up, and then he started dancing all over, all over the place. He was totally healed by the power of God. I didn't touch him. I didn't do it. I just wanted to see it. That's why I walked over there. I wanted to see it. I saw the manifestation. You're too late to tell me miracles don't happen. You're too late to tell me my God's not that big. You're too late to tell me my God's not a miracle working God. You're too late to tell me the supernatural doesn't happen. I have witnessed it over and over and over again. Our God is an awesome God. You want to win in Christ, you got to remain faithful to what God told you to do. Praise God for it. So I'm declaring right now in this auditorium, I'm declaring that the manifestation of God. Miracles are not necessarily just connected to just body. Whatever you might need. God is a miracle working God. God goes to work on your level of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When your faith stops, miracles kick into gear. God is in the miracle business. Amen. And some of you might need miracles. Some of you just need to hold on because your faith is working and the harvest is coming. And may I tell you this, you're just not okay. You're right. You're the righteousness of God. You're not okay. You're the righteousness of God. Nothing okay about righteousness. Righteousness is who God is. We've been made the righteousness of Almighty God. Do you hear me on on live stream? Do you hear me on Facebook? You're the righteousness of God. You're born again. You belong to this. Amen. Amen. Father, I release my faith and pray for every person watching via live stream or in this auditorium. I'm declaring and saying in Jesus' name that your will be done. And it has been done right now. I'm decreeing it right now. Health and healing belongs to them. The wealth of God belongs to them. More importantly, the peace that passes all understanding. Joy that's unspeakable and full of glory comes to them in the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, the greatest thing you could ever do is accept Jesus Christ. Not live casual, not live lukewarm, but live excited for God. If you say, Pastor Art, I need prayer. I want to either give my life to the Lord or rededicate my life. No casual living here. Let's serve God with everything we got. Amen. There's nothing casual about Joanna and I celebrating 46 years of marriage. You can't live that way casually. I can't live that. I can't be married 46 years, go home one year and not go home the next year. We would be here 46 years later. That's, that's not normal. That, that's not normal. Amen. I mean, it's just, it's just not. And so th- this is important. That I can't live without God. I need him every day. Yes, I worshiped him yesterday, but today? Oh, man. I love my spot where I love to sit and just worship. Amen. And get rid of all that excuse. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. Get rid of that, please. But you're perfected in Christ. Get rid of the lie. Just come as you are. Because then you'll leave as you are. Come with expectation. And let God change you. Let God change you. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. 
Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.